1: Yes, it is. And welcome back. Wednesday, May 25th, as we head into our second hour, we do so every Wednesday with our congressman, uh, my congressman, my friend, David Schweikert, representing Arizona's 6th congressional district. A lot going on. I want to talk about uh, some stuff he's doing on energy policy. David, welcome back to the show. Before we do that, um, every everyone uh, kind of has a thought or two they want to share about the tragedy, it was a national tragedy. What took place in Texas, I'll, I'd offer the same up to you if you want to share a thought or two on it before we get into um, the other stuff.
2: Look, you know, I, I'm the daddy of a little girl that's graduating kindergarten tonight. Um, and so it's just, it's terrifying. Uh, but, but for the people like me that are, have the responsibility to try to make public policy, you know, to, to make us prosperous and safe, um, I, I think you, you all you express your sadness, but but also you wait till you have information because one of the horrible things that happens is you know there's so many people trying to chase the press yeah and not chase information which may take weeks may take a couple of months yeah and then and then read it understand it and then say. Where was the opportunity to make something like this never happen again? Good. Um, and and I've actually done a, a certain amount of work on mental health issues and tort liability how. for yeah. mental health professionals and school professionals um, to be able to, you know, have someone get reviewed and, you know, and you know it's just as soon as you get a little way, you get immediately into the partisan discord, right? So um, let's be smart. Let, let, let's, let's let our hearts get ripped out. And then let's learn. Good. Let's find out what the real information is. And then what does that tell us?
1: Good. Good. Thank you for saying that, David. I think we could all use a little calm. And I appreciate you uh, issuing that uh, that call to it. Um, David, something that isn't exactly new to us because... You know we've known about it for a long time, and that's the issue of energy, energy consumption, energy production, energy use in America. Mm-hmm. You posted a picture on Twitter, gas at five oh six. I drove by my gas station. I wished it were five oh six. I think you did that about two or three days yeah, ago.
2: That, that's from a week ago. Okay, ago. all
1: right. Mm-hmm. I, well, I <laughs> when you pray for five oh six, you you know you're really in the soup. Um, Let's innovate our way back to energy independence. That's what you've been writing about. I think you had a big column on that in the Washington Times about a month ago. Talk to us about where we are, how we got here, and what we need to do.
2: There's more going on. Um, First off, if any of you want to geek out, I think you can now find it on um, the Internet. And if not, our office will get you a copy. And And part of it's a very thick read. Chase Banks Research Division, about a month ago, put out a paper saying, the, the world is incredibly short of energy. Mm. And this is all types of energy. Mm. I mean, and you remember, you calculated in joules and megajoules and quadrajoules. Um, and that today, right now, we only have a, like a 3% margin in energy. Mm. And our mistake is even how you and I started this conversation. We're talking about gas prices. Oh. But, but, but I need you to think about the entire energy complex. You know, how do you heat a home, cool a home? How do you drive? How do you move something? How do you do this? How do you keep the internet running? And we got a real problem. And the left ha- is so maniacally fixated on shutting down hydrocarbons, mm-hmm. just like they had succeeded at shutting down nuclear power. Um, and the, 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 the first um, punchline, is you do realize last year was dramatically dirtier um, in at greenhouse gases because they because the policies of Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and the Democrats had raised natural gas prices so high that power plants all over North America switched back to coal, and it's this basic not understanding either economics or it's basic, hey. Um, this side of the ledger, you know, the, the photovoltaic, the wind, those folks write checks to the Democrats, screw everyone else. So that's a little bit of my cynicism. But we're in real trouble. Um, there's going to be blackouts this summer on lots of places around the country, and it's their own fault. You know, in ca- Southern California, they voted for this. They just were lied to by the politicians on, uh, you know this sort of utopian dream of somehow magically energy will appear out of nowhere.
1: It's pretty clear to me, David, that the administration or at least the elements of the administration whose portfolio this falls under, it's pretty clear to me that they are trying to and they say it I mean they're 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 not too quiet about it. They are trying to transform America's energy usage. Um, the pro- the problem with that is 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 you can't turn the key and have that happen overnight. That's one 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 of many problems with it.
2: But there's but there's an arrogance to that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Good. We want to encourage, incentivize, disruptive technology that makes things better, faster, cheaper, cleaner, everything. Fine. I'm all for it. But the scam that's going on right now is you have a White House saying you know, we need more oil, um, we need more gas, we need more, you know, fuel, da-da-da-da. And at the same time, and I sent you an article earlier, Yeah. the restriction, the the deep secret is much of what you have gas price-wise didn't happen because of Ukraine. It it was in the futures market at the end of last summer. Um, The war in Ukraine just brought it, these prices earlier. But this was already going to hit us this summer. And so much of the energy complex shut down or scaled way back in 2020 because of the pandemic. Entire gas fields, those things had to be shuttered. 21 comes along, 22 comes along, and it's time to put people and money back in and get those up and running. All of a sudden, you can't borrow money. You know, you've heard of, you know, the investing rules, the security exchange disclosures. The number of pension plans when BlackRock, you know, much of the capital sources won't go near you right now, and so you hear these stories of an entire fields, you know, that could be in production, can't open because they can't get money to get the wells back in production. That is the backdoor way the left is doing this. So they they talk pretty words over here; it's good virtue signaling, but they found out how to constrain the economic cash, the resources to actually move into production.
1: David, one of the one of the things and I I don't know what to make of it. I, I don't know if it's a if it's a distraction or if it's a deception deliberately, but one of the things that we were reading about, oh, about a month ago or so, was that while the administration, the Biden administration was doing that here it was trying to exploit uh, natural resources and oil production and importation from places like Venezuela, and I and I can't mm-hmm. I can't figure out whether it's it, because it can't certainly be the case that Venezuela burns cleaner than we do. It, 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 no. I, I just can't tell if it's, it's not on our shores. Good for the, no, but not it, for me. I don't understand it.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to geek out a little bit. I'm Good. sorry for any listener who's trying to have a normal life. Um, remember, many of our refineries are set to different types of uh, of crude. Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, cracking and carbon chains. That's all, you know, that's what refineries do. Yeah, they, and some are designed for light sweet, which is more of a Texas.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, many were built years and years ago where they need a much heavier crude and, you know, because the way the pressure reactors and those things work in those um, to crack the chains of carbon. Um, and... As the administration has limited pipeline access or has limited certain new fields to come into production, all of a sudden you had this imbalance. Uh, we have refinery capacity over here, but we don't have the right type of crude for that refinery mm-hmm. as that refinery was built.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And so all of a sudden, um, they're panic-stricken going to places where that type of crude may exist, but they just happen to be our enemy.
1: Mm-hmm. On that front, I was reading today in The Washington Times, it looks like – what's his name? Special Envoy Mallory uh, was saying that the the Iran deal doesn't look to be happening anytime soon or anytime fast. That may be on hold. Uh, Fine by me, but I wonder if there was an element of that – that was also part of this administration's game plan, uh, reopening uh, relationships with Iran so as to achieve more importation of their product as well. I, I, don't, um, I, I can't yeah, tell. Yeah,
2: you're, 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 you're genuinely not cynical enough.
1: I probably um, am not. Okay. That's why I keep you around.
2: Um, much of the, and I always mispronounce the word, so rapprochement, right. yeah. yes. Yeah, ma- yeah however the hell you say um,
1: it's to Iran
2: <laughs> was, was actually, but in some ways, it was actually making up to some of the European allies uh-huh. because how horrible Afghanistan was. Yeah. Remember, we were the list capacity for many of our European partners, our NATO partners there, and we abandoned them. Yeah. yeah. So before Ukraine, some of this, and, and this is sort of the gossip network out of Washington, D.C., is. One of the reasons um, the administration was still moving forward trying to normalize, you know, with Iran was places like France and others, Germany, want to do business with them. They want their hydrocarbons, they mm-hmm. want to do bank with them, they mm-hmm. want to invest with them because it's a big country. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the mycopa of okay, we screwed up in Afghanistan, we sort of screwed you over and your military over, but we're gonna do this to make it up. Mm-hmm. And then Ukraine hit. Mm-hmm. But, so you, you sometimes have to sort of lay out the entire playing field and see all the different moves that are going on around you. And understand, it's about the money. It's not about a safer world. It's not about ethical treatment. It, it's about the money. And then you, you sort of have the other side where um, politics is almost war right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a, It's a battle of destruction
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you sort of overlay that and you just you you come to the what the chaos that's been brought to us
1: david could we um could we do something about energy costs in this country on the quick just to make life a little easier for Americans right now, or really do we need to work on the long term
2: the answer is there's some things we could do on the quick okay. Um, but it would immediately require the Securities and Exchange Commission to announce that they will not be um, doing ESG, you know, making people file their, you know, taking on additional risk premium, um, immediately getting pension systems and those to back away from saying we refuse to invest in hydrocarbons because we need a functioning flood of capital instantly to get some of these um, hydrocarbons coming out of the ground where they're, they're, they're no yeah, They just got to be put back in the surface. They've been shut down since um, 2020. Mm-hmm. So there is some of that out there um, where you could throw a switch. It's still, you know, it's still a few months,
1: yep.
2: but remember future oil prices low and gas prices move on futures markets. It's what's coming. Um, and then there's, You know, remember, there's also stacks of pipeline material that are functionally rusting. Um, And the administration's ability to finish many of these last links. So the interconnectivity, and this is far beyond just Keystone. Um, So the movement of fuels becomes much more efficient. So there's a number of things that could be done very, very quickly. Um, You also need to freeze any more shutting down of uh, nuclear reactors across the country because yeah. we need that baseload power. I,
1: I I just I just I, I just wonder, I have to wonder, you know, what ideology could be so impossibly strong in this administration's thinking or mindset that they would so tightly hold on to this concept that just isn't working right now and is making life harder. I just, I just, it's hard to apprehend.
2: Okay, remember, they told us what they were going to do. And I don't know why we have so many voters who are offended and then voted for them. You know, if you voted for the Democrats this last election, this is what you voted for. Okay, You voted function for inflation. You voted for higher energy costs. You voted for a less safe country. I mean, you know, a moment of self, one of the great things about being American is you don't have to take responsibility for the politics you actually voted for, Yeah. but a bit of self-recognition of the Democrats told us this was what they were going to do. They were going to choke off hydrocarbon. They, they were going to do these things. They were going to keep the border open. What did you think was going to happen yeah.
1: when you voted for <laughs> I guess we thought other po- the politicians never tell us the truth. They were but telling they us the, tell truth, the truth, and truth, and you tell us it, the truth. Yeah, yeah. But they did tell us the truth, yeah. and,
2: and, and the scam here is we act shocked when everything goes to hell.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, it, it, but, but there's many of us who are running saying, do you understand what this means? Do you understand the... First degree, second degree, third degree effects of having the border open, the homelessness, the drugs, the restrictions on capital for hydrocarbons, the, the the canceling of pipelines, those things. What that means to just national security, but fuel prices for the poor, working poor, the middle class to be able to economically prosper. They told us, um, and this is what so many people voted for. Um, it, it, it's just it's it, infuriating because now they yell at me as a conservative saying, go fix it. And so I spend my time fixing the mess handed me by the left.
1: Well, I hope uh, you will have a majority soon. That'll make the fight so much the easier. But I'm glad we have you in the fight, David Schweikert. Thank you for everything you do and are and including your time. And congratulations on your daughter's graduation this evening. Yes, Kindergarten graduation. Uh, I I have a book I'm going to send you for her as a graduation gift. David Schweikert, bless you, (laughs) sir. Godspeed. We'll talk soon. Bye now. Thank you, sir. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Willing, yeah. As we honor the price of freedom heading into Memorial Day, uh, we're reading... To use stories submitted to us, uh, stories of people who knew, uh, s- submitted to you from people who uh, who uh, have paid the ultimate sacrifice, gave their last full measure of devotion to keep us free. How did John Stuart Mill put it? Uh, we are kept free because of the exertions of better men than ourselves. You bet we are. And a uh, special shout out, of course, to Bill Luke Ottos, who is sponsoring our Price of Freedom effort here uh, in that effort let me read to you about private first class mark a brown of the US Marines submitted listening to your show right now and you reminded me to send the story of my family's hero PFC mark a brown he earned his silver star in vietnam as a machine gunner though i don't have my own memories of him as i was only 2 then i feel he taught me how to be an uncle to my nieces and nephews the family tells many stories of how strong His love for me was how much time he spent with me before shipping off to war. When I became an uncle, I knew how important these relationships were. Mark also went to the Little League World Series when he was in high school. I still have that uniform. As I grew up, I idolized my hero, Uncle Mark. I even named my son after him, now also passed. When at Grandma Brown's house. I spent much of my time in Mark's room, left with his stuff in it. I hope to add his Silver Star accommodation story to this email. All my life, I hope to meet some of the Marines who spent their last days with him. This August 1st, we'll have that opportunity as we have made contact with a few of them who noticed an error in Mark's headstone, and there will be a resetting of the corrected stone ceremony in Los Angeles. They all take your breath away, each and every one of them. They just do so that we can breathe free here. God bless you. God bless them all. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're depending on your investments for your retire income, you might want to take a look at the markets downturn and turbulence over the last several weeks And realize that that can rob you of your retirement income itself. The Fed is also raising interest rates rapidly and Wall Street is is reacting with those huge daily losses. Investments and retirement funds are losing money at a record rate, which is why I believe diversifying your investments with physical gold is a great idea. I have done so with the only precious metals dealer I trust. Midas Gold Group, I own gold and silver from them as gold and silver traditionally hold their value when economies fall trust veterans owned midas gold group the only dealer seb gorka i and thousands of you already use and trust visit them at midasgoldgroup.com that's midasgoldgroup.com or give them a call at 480-360-3000 among other things thank them for helping endow our conversations here carl is in phoenix hello carl welcome to the show
3: Well, Seth, I didn't anticipate getting to talk to you. I just called to tell you, uh, I told your secretary there, uh, that I heard the tail end of your discourse on Karen Taylor Robeson's Uh education ideas. Oh, yeah. Karen. Karen, uh, I don't know if you know or not. I assume you do. Karen is my daughter.
1: Oh, no, you're, you're that, Carl. No, I didn't realize that. Okay, good. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, sir.
3: <laughs> Karen, Karen, uh, I'll tell you a cute little story about her. She was introduced uh, a, well, a few months back about being a lifelong Republican. Well, I I know better than that because I'm her father. (laughs) Anyway, when we first moved to Arizona, Karen's mother read Barry Goldwater's uh, A Choice, Not an Echo, Uh and she converted from her family's
1: long-held
3: Democrat registration to Republican. And Karen uh, was going door-to-door in 1964 for Barry Goldwater, who was running for governor. That's right. Now, but keep in mind, she
1: was yeah.
3: going door to door with her mother. Her yeah. mother was an avid became an avid Goldwater supporter, <laughs> and was passing out literature in the neighborhood. I the love Mason it, Mason neighborhood. It didn't need much. However, Karen wasn't born until 1965. Uh-huh. She was with her mother uh-huh. going door to door. Uh-huh. So she's been even longer than a lifelong.
1: One, one might call her a Goldwater baby, huh, Carl?
3: Like I would say I would say that, but <laughs> she's got good ideas. Uh, good ideas about education. We've discussed them many times. Yeah. Uh, our edu- during my tenure, we had to discuss education funding. I think three different times. That never seemed to get it right. But it's a, it's a tragedy the way education is going today. We've got to get some competition in the educational field. At all levels.
1: Well, I appreciate you echoing that. it. Can be done. I mean, you know, you can re- it, it, re- There are places that do education right. right, even here, and and all you have to do is replicate the successes. And and it seems to be hard because we're always up against special interests on this stuff. But there is no more special interest than our children, their brains, and their souls.
3: That, that's for sure. The the only educational program that I'm aware of that has been successful. Over the years, there's a little thing comes out of Washington. It's amazing it come out of uh, you know because sometimes not everything comes out of there. It works as good as the GI Bill of Rights. That's right,
1: that's right.
3: And that has survived every. My dad went to bail- college
1: on it after World War II. Did you use it? Did you deploy? Did you use the GI Bill?
3: Uh, I never. No, I had my college uh, education before I went into military. Okay. I Served in the Air Force. Uh huh. I was in the Air Force, and uh, so I never used it. However. I, I did use it. I've never used it uh, until about a year ago when I bought a different house after my late wife, Karen's mother, passed away. And so I used it to finance the house I bought.
1: Oh, there you go. There you
3: go. So I did, I did use it, but I didn't need it to go to school. Well, Carl, but oh, thank you.
1: Carl, thank you for your service to our state. Thank you for our, your service to our country, and thanks for staying close. I love that you're in the audience. I just love it, and I, and, and, oh, I, and it's I certainly on, love your family. Uh,
3: 960, it's, it's
1: 24-7. Thank you, sir. Thank you. We'll send that off to my GM. I love it. We'll take a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back to more calls. I see we've got a bunch. Room for more, always. 602 508 Put in a word for balance of nature as we head to the break. They're fruits and veggies. I just take them once a day. I take them every day. I think it's responsible for me not getting sick. Since I've been taking them, I used to get sick several times a year whenever the season since changed. I haven't. Boost your immunity. How could it not? Boost your health. Boost your energy. All natural. 16 whole fruits, 15 whole vegetables in one daily dose. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. And if you order, make sure to use the discount code BALANCE. We'll be right back. Well, there's Lee Major singing a little bit, but it is time to visit with Brett Johnson, who visits with us every week as our constitutional uh, scholar, updating us on what's going on with the trials and travails of our United States Constitution. He is, of course, a partner at the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com is their website. Brett, happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining us.
4: Oh, no, thank you for having me, Seth.
1: You betcha! Always love having you. All right, distill this one for us. The Supreme Court just came out and said, evident Well, one headline has it this way: the Supreme Court just said that evidence of innocence is not enough. Almost sounds like a James Bond movie. Evidence of innocence is not enough. What's going on here, Brett Johnson?
4: <laughs> yes, uh, it's it's always nice to to hear the headers after a case, because they try to synthesize it and obviously get the reader to grab in, obviously it. Obviously. <laughs> The devil's always in the details, always in the details. So, the, with the Supreme Court, the case is Shin versus Martinez Ramirez. Um, it is actually a consolidated case uh, of two cases here, actually, in the state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually, un- unfortunately, have very similar facts dealing with both the, the rape and murder of a child. Oh. In um, one of the other cases, was also the murder of uh, the mother of the child.
1: Uh, we're talking and about four-year-old here, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
4: four-year-old, a four-year-old in one of the cases, and a 15-year-old yeah. in, in the other case. Okay. Um, and so the court does do a significant, um, actually, spend some good time going through the facts of the case cases themselves, and then dive straight into whether or not these individuals um, actually received effective assistance of counsel in the state proceedings. And so the way that it works, just so people know, there is, uh, in regard to habeas corpus, it's inside the United States Constitution, it basically says that um, state courts cannot hold a prisoner in violation of the U.S. Constitution. Pretty, pretty, Pretty basic. Right. And as part of that, you have the Sixth Amendment, you have the Fifth Amendment, you have the Fourth Amendment. You can't, you know, uh, police can't just barge in and need a warrant into your house. Fifth Amendment, you have a right to a jury trial in most circumstances. And then Sixth Amendment, you have the right to an effective assistance of counsel. Okay, So hopefully going back to grade school for some people. Um, but but the reality oh you're asking
1: is, a lot is, on that one but okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe Mike maybe when you and I went to grade school but okay. okay. Yeah, that's,
4: that's, a, that's, that's fair that's uh, fair uh, uh, so so the sixth amendment right right to effect the council and it's, it's a major one um, that, that when you're a criminal defendant you know I'm not guilty my attorney was just really really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's the argument that goes up. But you have the right to bring that in, obviously, state appeals and state post-conviction relief. And in Arizona, before you can be put to death in a, in a death penalty case, your, your case is reviewed by the Arizona Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So what, what people, prisoners, have, have normally done is that they exhaust all of their uh, state appeals, and then they jump to the federal court and basically try to start the process all over again and and they have been very successful um and in doing so they basically get two bites at the apple uh, of presenting evidence in both phases well congress actually came out with what's called the anti-terrorism and effective death penalty act of 1996 to kind of stop these two bites at the uh of the apple where you, you know, you're convicted of a jury of your peers and then separately you get your appeal all the way through the state court system and then the federal system and what, what the, the Supreme Court in this case said is, is that no, that act is actually has, has some real teeth into it. And you can't, you don't get two bites out of the apple. You, you basically have your state court proceedings and then the federal court will review what is happening um, in the state court, but not basically substitute its decision for what happened in state court.
1: Uh-huh.
4: Um, and, and and that's exactly what the issue is, is that the denial of innocence is the argument, well, the evidence wasn't put on in state court, uh-huh. so I should be able to present it in federal court. Okay, um, It's a, a majority opinion. The three the three dissenters are on the liberal side of the court. And um, the, the language, though, is very interesting in this case because you could see the antagonism going back and forth now amongst the justices. Of, uh, uh, of the strong language you're using. But the importance of this case is obviously states have the ability to enforce laws in, in their states, and it's an act of sovereignty, and that the federal court should not basically be replacing their opinion for what happens in a, in a state court trial system.
1: Brett, you raised an issue in in discussing this that I haven't thought of in a long time, and I may be outdated on it. I haven't been in a courtroom since, well, since you last represented me, probably. (laughs) But but I remember this issue of ineffectiveness of counsel. I remember uh, in Boston Law School once, uh, Alan Dershowitz giving a lecture on that. He said it's a very terrible threshold, or it was then, back in those days. It was basically, he called it, a uh, breath on the mirror test is—is is your attorney breathing? Is—is—is <laughs> is, is it still well, that? Is it still looser? Have we tightened it, that up a little bit?
4: It kind of. It, it's not a preponderance, but you should have to show up by what's called clear and convincing um, evidence okay. that okay. your that your counsel was that ineffective. Okay. And what the court is basically saying here is, they're all lawyers. They've been around. They can read the transcripts and determine whether or not. Um, the, the the counsel was effective in those trial proceedings, but it is clear and convincing. And and all they're really saying is, is, listen, if you think you had a bad attorney, you need to raise it with the state courts first. You can't run into federal court at the first time 10 years after you've been convicted um, by a jury of your peers and say, by the way, my attorney didn't do a good job. You have to give the state courts an opportunity to evaluate it. Um, and, and that's that's one of the important factors. Now, again, because this is based off of some statutory interpretation that arises out of the Sixth Amendment, Congress can go back and change what the Supreme Court um, did
1: yesterday, sure. for
4: sure. So you know, that, that's always an opportunity. And this is a statutory interpretation. But again, what you're seeing here is a Supreme Court that is giving a lot of rights and deference back to the state courts, which, um, as I've heard some federal judges say, is that they would love not to be busy. And if they're not being busy then federalism is actually doing, it, doing its job.
1: Nicely done, Brett. Nicely done. And by the way, the clear and convincing standard, that's a higher standard than preponderance, right? Preponderance of the evidence. Yeah, other, yeah. Say, mm-hmm. got it.
4: All right. So just so yeah, preponderance of the evidence is more likely than not to yep. happen beyond a reasonable doubt is that if there's a scintilla of doubt you can't convict. And clear and convincing is basically in between. I kind of the
1: two-thirds rule. I still I still, I still remember a few things here. <laughs> I'm glad to get you. You're doing great. <laughs> Brett Johnson, you are doing great. I get such great feedback on these segments, and you are more than enlightening and generous with your time. We really appreciate you so much. Thank you, Brett Johnson. My pleasure. You betcha. From the Snell and Wilmer Law Firm, SWLaw.com. I'm Seth Liebson, and we will be Right back. Thanks. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Mike is in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. How are you, sir?
0: I am just doing fine, Seth. Thank you very much. I'd like to uh, touch on a couple of little things here. Uh, Number one is this Texas school shooting. I noticed that the Democrats are real fast on trying to pass laws to restrict the Second Amendment, and I find it a little bit mm, humorous that the the border patrol that keeps getting attacked for whipping Haitians and everything turns out to be that a nearby border patrol agent was the one that responded to the school and took out the uh, perpetrator.
1: You and I but are on the same the, page. I, I go into that in my monologue at the top of the next hour. Yes, nicely noted, Mike. Good pickup. Thank you.
0: Very good. You took the words right out no, of my mouth. No, you took them out of mine. Anyway.
1: Actually, you took them out of mine. <laughs> 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 but
0: but anyway, that where the hypocrisy comes into play is, it seems to me that Senator Charles Schumer just tried to pass a law to codify right. into the Federal Registry, Roe versus Wade, yeah. was it that last week, two yeah. weeks ago? Yep. So so how is it that on one side he's in all in favor of murdering a million babies a year in the womb, but now he's all concerned with 20 yeah, I guess
1: I guess they don't think of it as murder is how they do it. They, they they have some kind of cognitive dissonance that allows them to separate those things. This is what Karen, I think, was talking about in the last hour with regard to, you know, a culture of life and a culture of death and what kind of what kind of ocean we want our kids to learn how to swim in. And, you know, you 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 can't continue to make men without chests and expect of them virtue or enterprise. I I think that's what's going on here. Chuck Schumer did something else today, which was proposing legislation that he himself admitted on gun issues, uh, on gun restrictions. He himself admitted he doesn't think has a chance of passing. Well, why are you posturing then? This is not a time for posturing. This is not a time for exploitation of a political problem in the tempest of the moment of tremendous grief. And it's not a time for political posturing. It's unserious and it's also uncouth. It's, it's inappropriate. At, to put it no higher, it's inappropriate. And I'm glad you signaled that, Mike. Thank you for doing so. Yeah, stay tuned. You'll like my monologue coming up at the top of the next hour. As we go there, let me put in a word from my friends and sponsors at Y-Refi. If you're looking for a great investment opportunity, check out. Y refi they're offering a fixed no load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors all in a secure and collateralized portfolio they are a due diligence approved firm run by great people doing well by helping others helping them do what dig out of debt the right way by paying off their debts and doing so with dignity seeing things like fico score recovery along the way check them out at investyrefi.com. that's invest the letter y then r e f y Dot com. They're based locally. You can go visit them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They'll just tell you what they're doing and let that speak for itself. It did enough for me when I met with them. Again, investyrefi.com. Don't go away. My monologue coming right up.